and welcome to Secrets to a Financially Healthy Life, a video podcast series brought to you by Quilter. In this series, we focus on the importance of financial advice in helping you navigate every stage of your life and your career. I'm your host, Jane Constantinis, and in these episodes, we're going to be hearing from both Quilter's own experts and a range of external guests to give a holistic overview and some practical advice on how to manage and achieve a healthy financial life for you and your family. In today's episode, we're looking to the future generation and focusing on how we can help children and young people build a better relationship with their finances. We'll be discussing arming children with the right tools to better understand money and how to talk about it more openly. My two guests today are Rhys Owen, Junior Investment Analyst at Quilter, and Adrian New, Regional Education Officer at MyBank. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. I wonder if we could start by hearing um, from each of you a little bit about yourself. Um, Adrian, c- can you tell us um, about my bank, please? Absolutely, yes. Uh, my bank is a financial education charity. We've existed for 15 years now and we provide resources and training for young people from the age of five right up to 25 in schools, colleges youth groups and uh, any organisation that would like to have us in to help young people learn a little bit more about money. Mm. And Rhys, tell us about the relationship between Quilter uh, and MyBank. Well, MyBank, they've been a long-standing partner of, uh, of Quilter's even before we'd set up the, the Quilter Foundation. But when we'd set the foundation up, uh, MyBank became the, uh, the financial education pillar and uh, in that time, we've, we've granted over £470,000 to them, which has allowed them to help over 23,000 people uh, with financial literacy and, and everything, all those good things that Adrian had mentioned uh, mm. to people well, across the UK. Uh, we just renewed the partnership, actually, uh, last year uh, for a further three years, so uh, long may that good work continue. Mm. And Adrian, what prompted the establishment of my bank? How did you realise that there was a huge gap there? Uh, Financial education wasn't on the national curriculum. Uh, At the point we were founded, we did some research and discovered that only 10% of adults ever recalled any kind of education about money while they were in school. So we wanted to push that forward. We wanted to lobby for financial education to be part of the PSHE curriculum. And it did get adopted to that soon after we started. So we wanted to push that forward and and, and further the cause and make sure that the education young people received was expert-led, was evidence-based and could make a real difference. And what you're saying now is that it is on the curriculum. It is on the curriculum. Not for for, everybody. Not for, (laughs) no, not all schools have to follow the national curriculum. Academies, independent schools uh, don't have to follow that if they choose not to. So Mm -hmm. we can only guarantee some kind of input on financial education in in state schools that follow the national curriculum. And Rhys, why did the Quilter Foundation identify financial literacy as such an important thing? Well, I mean, clearly our advisors deal with clients across the country and uh, so we can help those people certainly with their financial journeys but when you see statistics I think there was one recently that 50% of under 25s have no savings whatsoever and uh, and those are the young people which have or young adults rather that have been working for a number of years now and the fact that 
there must have been something missing. There was certainly something missing when I was in school in terms of financial literacy. That was one of the real driving, uh, real motivations to get my bank in, mm. to get those people educated, get them developing those habits, and then, yeah, those will last throughout their lives. Yeah. And if, if they don't, and it sounds like many aren't still, if they don't develop these habits or learn these tools, what can go wrong? Anything can go wrong, quite simply. Um, we send people out, young people out of schools uh, with a good knowledge of the periodic table, but no knowledge of how to read a payslip. They may know how an oxbow lake is formed, but they can't set a budget. And useful though all that information is, they're not going to be using it on a regular weekly basis. And the skills that we're teaching, they are going to need on a weekly basis, no matter what their future holds for them, no matter what their financial circumstances, everybody needs to be able to look after their money. And what what do you think, uh, Reese? are the, are the key tools you've mentioned about uh, payslip? What do you think are the key tools that young people are not currently, most young people are not currently getting? I'd say certainly from my own personal experience and, and from when I have been an advisor previously, um, a massive thing is budgeting. And that's something that you can bring in, I don't know, as early as five or six with children, really, with some really, really simple exercises and, and sort of games. You can gamify that sort of learning. Mm. But people not even having or not even being able to budget can, as Adrian said, really lead to some serious consequences. Do you think um, that things have got worse? So, for example, you're both very young, obviously, um, but uh, what, what was your experience when you were growing up in your, your family? Adrian, what about you? Were, you? were you taught these skills? It wasn't something that I've got a clear memory of my family talking about or discussing. Um, I was very lucky. My family was financially comfortable, so we weren't under pressure uh, with that. But at the same time, I, I don't recall my family ever sitting down and helping me learn those skills. So when I went off to university and suddenly I had these funds to manage and, and deal with living independently, it was in at the deep end. I recall that, certainly. And did you get into difficulties? I was quite lucky um, in that I've got quite an organised mind mm. and I did actually teach myself a lot of the skills before I went off. So um, I won't claim to have left university without an overdraft. I don't, don't know anybody that does. I'm very lucky. When I went, I received a grant to go uh, and indeed a, a small living grant as well. So I'm, I'm that old, Jane. <laughs> uh, but uh, I didn't have to have a loan or deal with any of the things that young people have to deal with now. Yeah. What about you, Reese, in your family? Yeah, I would I would echo exactly what Adrian said, really, in terms of uh, there not being any um, problems at home as such, but not getting any education myself or, or any lessons that I can certainly recall. And again, going to university and just to build on Adrian's in, in at the deep end, I think really without having those skills, when you get to university or you, you know, get your first job and you become independent, it is very much, if you've not had that education, it's very much like not being able to swim and being thrown in the ocean. You either sink and potentially get into bad debts, which I had seen with some friends in university, or you, you swim and, and you, you learn and you, you do it yourself. And of course, one of the things that has changed um, since your childhood is that young people are being bombarded with potentially either, either factually incorrect or, or negative or, or dangerous information. We, we have... Uh, so much information available to us now and young people with social media 
anybody can spread any information to anybody, much of it good, but there is no sense of quality control over that. So we honestly don't know whether all the financial information that's out there is good or bad information. Um, it's a completely free marketplace, deregulated marketplace, if you like, the, the market for education. So that's why we feel that expert-led financial education should be available to all young people in school. Yeah. Interesting. The world has changed so dramatically for, for young children. Mm. They're no longer handing over cash. It's all card-based. Mm-hmm. How do we um, instil in them that, you, yeah, you may tap on a machine a piece of plastic, but it's coming out of your bank account from early, early years? Um, mm. There are some super budgeting apps and online banking tools uh, that we have access to as adults. And perhaps just sharing a little bit of that with them, as, as Bree says, we don't all necessarily want to share all our financial details with our children. But uh, with a lot of apps, we're able to divide our funds into pots, into budgets. And if we did have a shopping budget, uh, we could look at that shopping pot and see how it depletes over the course of a shopping trip. Um, in supermarkets, we're able to scan our own groceries as we go around now as well. Again, it's an activity children really like to do, to hold the scanner. But if you actually take the trouble to show them how it's going up, maybe set a budget when you start, allow them to choose a couple of treats and then say, well, actually, can we afford those treats mm. within the budget? These tools are all around us to help us. And if we involve our children in those conversations and in the use of them, then that's going to stand them in good stead as well, I think. See, that's really interesting. You just said, can we afford? And I get a sense that for a lot of young people in the 21st century, there's no, there's no concept of not being able to afford Absolutely, and credit is, is easily available, and particularly with you know, the vast number of years we've just been through where it's almost been 0%. Uh, that that lending has been so so tempting and so so easy for for those young people to get exactly and and uh, without really thinking through the the consequences. Um, I, again, I can't remember the statistic, but it's it's something like the average Britain is about three thousand pounds in debt mm. um, uh, due to credit cards and, and other things, and that's quite staggering, really. And that for me, being in debt, there, there's good debt. But there's also bad debt, but I think there's a lot of bad debt, which is, uh, again, through social media and various other mediums, very easily accessible um, by young people. Yeah, mm. so that's quite worrying. Mm. And and it's not, is it just about the cash register and can I afford that pair of shoes or whatever? It's, it's about financial intelligence and education mm. on, a, on a, a much bigger scale, understanding what people that some people have and some people don't, etc. Absolutely, but I think as as Reese has pointed out, budgeting is that core skill that everything comes down to, whether you are running a country or just running your pocket money. It's still about making a plan, seeing what you have and working out how you're going to make the best use of it. Um, an activity we do uh, with Key Stage 5 uh, 16, 17 year olds in, in schools and colleges and sixth forms is a, is a holiday budgeting activity. They're very keen to do it because we all like thinking about going on holiday. But in every group, uh, there are always a few who choose all the most expensive options for their, their fixed costs, their needs, their travel, their accommodation, their food. And they go, well, I've already spent more than my budget. 
yes. <laughs> so what are you going to do? And yeah. it, it does take that uh, bit of thinking to realise that actually you do need to go back. And if you if you didn't have that, if you don't have that budgeting process, then that's exactly what happens. You've spent it all and you can eat no food. You can have no days out. You're on this beautiful holiday. You can do nothing. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it happens in every session. Mm. So we've talked uh, about budgeting uh, in particular as the, the foundation stone of this, this financial education. As the children get older, and obviously going to university is a huge milestone, but before then, when they're a little bit older, what, what other uh, financial tools or skills do they need to learn? I'd, I'd personally say, so just take it, just extending it from what both Adrian and I have said about uh, budgets and, and going to the shop and having a, a mini budget there. I think as kids are getting to sort of 16, 17, 18, and you as parents or caregivers feel comfortable, there's no reason why you shouldn't perhaps get them involved in the household budgeting. Not necessarily setting the budget, but understanding what council tax is, the gas and electric, etc. And, and knowing that a certain amount will come in every month, and a certain amount has got to go out as well. I think those are really important things, particularly as they're getting older as well, when they'll be looking to do their own council tax, their own gas and electric. Mm. I think it's getting those early lessons in, but building on them and making them more realistic up until they get to that point. Uh, and I'd probably add as well, there's probably a lot of parents out there and caregivers, etc., who perhaps don't have these skills or those skills themselves. So I'd say a good thing to do is to really think about yourself, think about your household and think about your black spots in terms of financial knowledge. Mm. Uh, and that's something where a financial advisor can come in or help from elsewhere, from my banker and various other sources are. But as a parent, it's your duty really to, to make sure that your children are uh, understand the ways of the world in terms of uh, of, of money, etc. So don't be afraid to, to look at your own black spots and build on that. I think that's never been more important, Reese, because there is so much coverage about the cost of living crisis, the rise in energy bills, and that can be very, very worrying for young people if they can't filter it into the reality of their situation. Yeah. So understanding how those bills are, are impacting your indiv individual family now would probably allay the fears of many young people uh, because when we don't have that knowledge, these things can spiral in our minds into a, an insurmountable problem. Um, so yes, I would, I would absolutely support that. And again, the homes that do have smart meters, you again have a device that is showing you what you're using and that can be a really powerful educational tool. Oh, mm. for sure, yeah. yeah. Lights left on around the house. <laughs> yep um, and, and actually I'm thinking um, my, my daughter's 18 and, and I think I haven't done enough of this so I'm going to start this evening mm -hmm. you mentioned um, Adrian earlier um, that you might not want to share your financial situation all of your financial situation with your children why wouldn't you want to like it or not money is a taboo subject uh, we don't talk about our personal finances. We may be uh, conspicuous in our choices and in our purchases if we are if we're doing well and we like to talk about where we've been on holiday or our new sofa or, or whatever it may be. Um, but in terms of the nitty gritty day to day, we don't talk about that very much. I think the reasons are are deep rooted. It's just one of those things we don't talk about. But as we've been saying, increasingly, it's essential that we do to help our young people. Mm -hmm. um, research has shown 55% of people say they are not comfortable 
talking about money uh, and a similar number are very worried about money and the conversation can actually help allay those fears. Mm. Um, and that percentage, is that not comfortable talking about money even within their own family? I think it can be, yes. Mm. Interesting. Um, and, and I absolutely, uh, I'm, I'm glad you raised the issue of, of young people absorbing all of the terrible news about the, the global uh, financial picture uh, and that we we really must do something to allay those fears and to explain what's happening and and for those of us who haven't got a huge amount of knowledge so for example interest rates um being able to talk fairly knowledgeably about what's happened previously with interest rates and therefore what might happen in the future where's a good place to get that information to share with the children or to get them absorbing information? There are a number of wonderful organisations out there who are all doing their bits to provide resources and provide information for families and young people. There are things you can find on the MyBank website. We have resources for, for families. Uh, other organisations like Young Money, uh, the Money Charity, uh, the Money and Pensions Advice Service and the London Institute of Banking and Finance, their websites are all a, a mine of information. They all have slightly different takes on it, different focuses, but uh, look around, there is stuff out there. Mm. Mm. As you say, we we, um, we teach them about Oxbow Lakes. Uh, not that I know how they're formed, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> do you? I've never forgotten how an Oxbow <laughs> Lake on. is how formed. How is an Oxbow Lake formed? Well, it's just over thousands of years. The attrition tucks it all in and then suddenly the river's running through. I remember drawing that picture like it was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and have you used that information since in your life? Just today. <laughs> it was worth it's it. Worth, it was worth that bit. Then, absolutely. That little bit of the brain, it was worth keeping <laughs> that. Anyway, so we now, teach yeah. them that, don't we? And we teach them to eat broccoli mm. and uh, and other green vegetables, but we're not teaching them how to do this stuff, which seems now that we put it in black and white rather uh, shocking. Uh, what you've also suggested there is that it can become a bit of a family activity. Uh, families are financial units. Mm. So by involving everyone within the family at the level that is right for them, then gains can be made from that. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. And you're doing no. you're doing that in, in your family, Reese. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And we've just we've just started playing Monopoly as well now. Uh, and that, that does teach some good life lessons as well. Um, unfortunately I, I was made bankrupt by my ten year old son the other day. Oh. Uh, I'd over leverage myself and on purpose obviously to teach <laughs> just to teach him the lesson as to not do it. Oh yeah, on purpose. Yeah. On purpose. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But no, there, there are many different things that that uh, we can do and I must say as well that uh, as Adrian quite rightly said, families are financial units, but you'll often find that there is one decision maker really or one person that will be setting the budget so as well as getting the children in it's really important to get partners and, and spouses in get the whole family unit in and, and understanding uh, and if you are or if people are working with financial advisors any financial advisor worth their salt should be able to you know give you basic or give your children basic information on budgeting and, and various different things really so if you've got one, please tap them. Absolutely. Get that yeah. out of them. Yeah, brilliant. And the first budget that a young person can set is to use their own money, mm. um, even if you can only afford to give them a pound or two pocket money a week. And to, to go back to the, the topic we touched on earlier about all that's all the financial worries in the, in the UK and across the world, what would be your advice about how to talk to young people about this? And I'm talking tonally, really. 
it, it is a challenge. Um, we're used to news sensationalising the issues and many, many families are seriously worried about how they're going to get through that winter and, and, and that shouldn't be trivialised. Mm. Um, but there is so much hyperbole in the news and in social media and talking realistically about the likely impact of these changes on your individual family for some people a little bit of cutting down will be necessary other people might make have to make more uh, more strict mm. changes to their budgeting but being realistic about it and reassuring that the change is manageable mm. um, and if that really isn't the case then seeking help and reassuring the young people that you are seeking help mm. because there are some wonderful organisations out there to help people with debt and to help with financial planning. Mm. What would be the one piece of advice uh, that you would give people watching and, and listening uh, to this about uh, creating this environment in which the young people in their lives can acquire these skills as early as possible? I think I would say don't shy away from it. Do it at a manageable level. Don't hit young people with all the information right at once, step by step, and just build it up over time. Listen to them, ask them questions about what they know or they think they know at the moment, and take the conversation from there. And when the conversation has got to a point that they can be involved in, in some budgeting, looking at the household finances, and budgeting their own money, then you've moved an awful long way if you can take those steps. I'd, I'd just echo that really, is, is start early, simple lessons, and build it up step by step. Uh, certainly a lot of young people before education was being, uh, financial education was being put into schools, again, were coming out and they were being hit with all this information or all these various different things that they needed to do. So the earlier you start with children and young people, the better it's going to be. At the end of the day, your wealth is like your health in that you need to understand it and you need to work on it all the time. Um, so, yeah, start early and hopefully eliminate those uh, mistakes as they go along. Thank you. We don't believe that you deliberately went bankrupt the other day in that board game, by the way. <laughs> I think we can cut that bit, I'm sure, <laughs> can't we? We think the 10-year-old beat you. <laughs> well, sadly, we're out of time. Thank you so much, Adrian and Rhys, for giving us such brilliant and really practical insights. Thank, Thank you very you much, Jess. Thank you. Several things I've definitely taken away. Start early, get the whole family involved, Budgeting is a really good place to start. And financial education is as important as eating broccoli. Thank you all for joining us today for Secrets to a Financially Healthy Life, brought to you by Quilter. If you'd like to find out more about Quilter, everything you need is at quilter.com. I'm Jane Constantinis. Thank you very much for joining us. Music